So one day Dick has a realization. He sees that the bulk of our sales are in only three items. Hamburgers, french fries, soft drinks. 87%. So we say to ourselves, let's focus on what sells. And that's exactly what we do. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. It made me think of that Philip Baker Hall line where he said on Boogie Nights where he says like I'm a I'm a simple man. I like lollipops in my mouth and butter in my ass. Right, yes. <laughs> and then the reaction of the other uh, uh, actor, you know, the one that had to go to prison at the end of the movie, it it was such a real reaction to it that made me just love that scene. So I have a love I, love I have Boogie a love hate relationship with taglines. With taglines, <laughs> and it's because of Jose. Oh really? Because of our relationship just got so weird towards the end that we were was almost just communicating one, in one line. Yeah, I do that with a lot of people too. And I was like, "This is stupid. Like, how do you get out of that?" Like, <laughs> listen, loop. I love throwing a one-liner out there that I know that nobody but one out of a hundred is going to get, <laughs> and then have somebody get it. That's a cool moment, but I don't do it a lot. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. That does happen with it. It happened in my relationship with like uh, Fat Buds and a couple other people that I had. We were just quoting Adam yeah. Sandler all the time. And it. it it doesn't have to be their milk. That could be our milk. We used to say that to each other all the time. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, it gets, it gets, and then it, like, then it's to the point where, like, you, if you know, if you mention milk, he's going to yeah, use yeah. that line. Oh, yeah. That happens all the time. Especially I, with like, my buddy. I'm that, not talking about that light bulb. There was a, uh, <laughs> there was a situation. I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to the pod, but there was a, uh, he had a relative that met Robin Wright Penn once. And, uh, Anytime someone mentioned Robin Wright, I would like in back of my head, I'm like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. You know, my aunt used to know. <laughs> used to yeah. say that all the yeah. time. It's like that's a sign you've hung out with someone too long, too. Yeah. That's one of those. All John right. Christian used to do. Him and I. We oh, used to, John Christian was big on that. Yeah, Steve John Christian and uh, and maybe it's me. I'm the common denominator. <laughs> that's wrong. God damn it! I'm the problem. Yeah, I'm using one-liners and uh, secretly hate using one-liners. All right, so let's get off of that. We have you haven't done the pod in like three weeks. But first, you were on vacation. So how how did that go? It was great. Your vacation up to New Hampshire. It was Hampshire. great. It was I'm mainly. Gonna, I'm going to pull a picture out. We can get a live on-air reaction here mm-hmm. from my trip. To our yeah, homeland. So, so I flew into Boston, yep. immediately got a car, and drove to Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. We so you didn't spend any time n- in Boston? Nothing. Gotcha. Just went right to Salem. We, and we came in. Went right we to see the in, witches. Yeah. We went, we, st- we stayed at a, this old hotel that was really cool, with yeah. a ballroom and all that kind of stuff. I've never been to Salem. Had drinks. Never been to Salem. the Celtics' first playoff game. Oh, nice, nice. With all Boston fans. That, that was, was pretty one, cool. Was that one of the good ones? <laughs> no, we lost that. But it was... It was fun to be. Mom's up there right now, you know. Here's my captain's platter. Oh, oh. I'm showing them a picture of my fried yeah. seafood captain's oh, platter yeah. with scallops the size of half dollars <laughs> yeah. and uh, full belly, full clams. belly clams, full belly clams. Just it's a beautiful thing. It just I and I like them fried. It's one of the few things that like oysters. I like oysters raw, but I'll eat them fried. Yeah, I'd clams. Fried. I want them fried. Yeah, I don't They're want so good. Yeah, I just don't... the salt, the lemon. Ooh. I can do. We could do a whole podcast on fried clams. 
Eric knows all the spots up north to get yeah. them. It's, it's weird how it's like, uh, and it's, it's not di- as a, and the dive places yeah. are sometimes the best. That's what I miss up there the most. That it's it's a novelty for them because they are around it all the mm-hmm. time. Like I sent Eric pictures because we got the pastine sauce at our grocery store, yeah. which is an up north company that we've never had down here before. And I've lost my shit in the aisle <laughs> and bought like six cans. And should I buy them all? Should I just buy six? Uh, so if they bring their actual pastine pasta down here, yeah. that's going to be a whole other thing. But. I, I should have smuggled some. So you had a good so time went, up there? Yeah, we went there. Then we went to Portsmouth, yeah. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. New Hampshire's gorgeous. Stayed right on the rocky coastline with oh, the, with the that's what you lighthouses want. and ridiculous Saw our buddy, Zach. Saw a buddy that I played drums with. He was in our band Frozen Cobra for and in several films. a decade and we several did. films. Yes. He was always... He was funny he was after always, the fact. Yeah. It was usually a nightmare to deal with... You had to worry if he was going to be there on time. Yeah. Well, he was going. And he kind of went off that, his own. He was going through that twenties and thirties kind of. Oh, we were all experiencing our twenties and thirties, which included a lot of uh, fucked up kind of stuff we were doing, and you know, just what people do in their twenties and thirties. I met him coming out of La Mancha, which is a place I lived with all the foreign kids. Yeah. And it felt I went stepped from that one word world with Jose into Zach's world. Yeah. Which was like punk rock. Think punk rock. Think no showers for a couple of days. <laughs> think, think doing seedy things until seedy hours. But having good for a your lots 20s, of but that gets fun. old quick. I did. You know when I started that? Yeah. I was thirty years old. Yeah. Well, you got it a little later than most Way probably. Later. I never really got drunk until twenty. Yeah, yeah. You 20, were kind of a late start. That, well, a, that happened with both of us because of the Christian school. You know, it kind of stunts you. And it then, stunts and, you, and then you have to get back into it. And I don't want to turn this podcast into that, but. The, I was enough. Around, I was around enough drunk people early. Yeah, that I that it looked like it looked like hell. <laughs> yeah. People falling, that is true. people falling that is over, true. and then they cancel plans the next day. I'm not going to play golf. A lot of people. That I happens have a with a lot of people. Hangover. Actually, I, I won't hang out with somebody that that won't fight through their hangover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be irresponsible and drink, you got. I haven't get had up. a hangover in 25 years, so I don't even know what the hell that is. I haven't either, and I don't know if that's a bad sign. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I drink. <laughs> uh, but then you got the vid when you came back. Heck, you had the COVID. Oh, for I a got COVID. While. Yeah. It was uh, no breathing issues, pretty standard. Uh, if, if I hadn't tested positive, yeah. I would have just been like, man, I feel like crap yesterday. Yeah. And then I would have been. So basically two or three days of crap, and then you and you tested Probably negative. Probably 36 hours. How did it long did it take you before you tested negative? Like a week? No. Five days or a couple days. days? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it, I'm in the minority of the people that haven't got it because most people have gotten it. And you're the point. most likely person to, to have a hard time with it. True. But I'm also the most likely person to not get it because of my job. I don't work with anyone, and I'm kind of an uh, introvert, live at home, I mean, party I at home. Too. I I, I have everything I need. I'm a big fan of our house. We love our house. I love my stuff, and I enjoy the hell. I could I could go through five more pandemics where everyone else is losing oh, their hair. Pan- I mean, we talked about this before. I was like, oh, this is the best time pan- I had. That pandemic was fine. <laughs> well, for us, yeah. for sure, because yeah. we're kind of but if, we homebodies, you know? It's, it's easy I that do, way. I, I, I do amateur stand-up in my head. <laughs> like, I write entire joke. Like I listen to a lot of stand-up comics, and I think I could be a stand-up comic. And it, it would mostly be just story storytelling and observation i mean that's all it is anyways so well did you during this time of going up north and going through the vid did you watch any interesting movies did you watch any on the plane or anything um let me try to think because i've watched i've watched three no four movies this week 
and I can I can talk about a couple of them while you think I've about it. I've watched a ton of Special Victims Unit. Oh yeah, is that what you're in there right now? SVUs? I'm really into detective stuff. My and girl's going through ER. Mom's going like, through 24. I'm just going through movies. I like investigative techniques. Whether it's it could be journalists, it which one is that one? Is that the one where SVU is the Christopher Maloney one? It's Christopher Maloney and Had Hadigay. Yeah, well, I know who she is. I, it's I, the sex crimes with Ice yeah, T. Yeah, but that's and, not the. Uh, the D'Onofrio one, or was he on it earlier? He's not on this. I'm wondering what one he was on, because it was something like he, that. He might just have been on. There There's was Law so and Order. There was just Law and Order. There yeah. was a regular Law and Order. No, it was, one, it was a special Law and Order, but it was something different. Genius formula. They they uh, do a really good job at setting the story up. Yeah. And. Special guest stars, like oh, you wouldn't just, believe. Uh, who's that? My girl's <laughs> taking pictures of the ER, and she's yeah. like, who's it? Oh, that's Lucy Liu. <laughs> like, and, and who the Mist. The crazy religious woman. Oh yeah, Marsha Gay Harden. She she did a, like a ten part. Yeah, as a FBI agent, play first you, when you first met her, she was a white supremacist. Yeah, you, you didn't know she she was undercover. You didn't oh, find out until at the very end. But she was a horde spewing horrible things, and you're like, and she you, was so good at it. She's such a great actress. Oh, she's awesome. She's that's so what good. I mean. Watch uh, that. Uh, what's that? Clint Eastwood one. With Mystic River. Mystic River. Yeah, she's yeah, just yeah. fucking oh, yeah. a mess, that whole thing. Well, The Mist is a great one, too. But my girl's going through the same thing with ER. ER, we looked up on IMD. It had like 5,100 actors in the whole fucking run of the show. Yeah. And, I mean, I, that was like 19 seasons <laughs> or something. The, so. the problem is, is if you watch the beginning credits. Yeah. Oh, you know who the bad guy is. You're yeah. good, you're, Dean Cain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dean Cain's playing the rapist. Yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't bring Dean Cain on to play the friendly next door neighbor. No. Uh, Dean Cain's the rapist. <laughs> so I'm going to go through just a few of my movies though, that I watched this week. It, I won't go deep into them because a couple of them are just came out on streaming and I know a lot of people want to check them out. Creed 3 came out so I went back and watched Creed 2 because I bought Creed 2 back in the day and man, just, Creed 2 is a piece of shit. I mean, it didn't get to my dog shit level because you still get to see Stallone in it and you still get to see everything. But it it was a boring, boring kind of story and everything. And they're telling it there. It's a lot going on with Michael B. Jordan and his wife and it's fine and everything. But you're like, at some point, are we going to get into this Drago stuff? At some point. uh, And he wasn't a good enough villain. Like, we didn't hate him. Like, it would be better. That's what was great about Clubber Lang because Clubber uh, Lang as a villain, I mean, like... Went at Mickey. Mickey had a heart attack because it, and he, he propositioned hey, Adrian. Everything. Come home You're with like, me. You want to be with guy. a real man? Yeah, fuck in this front guy of a up. crowd of people yeah. <laughs> with news cameras. And shit. There was none of that. We were like, did these guys even even? I always love that scene. Yeah. When, when, he, when Stallone is given the oh, speech when he's at like the statue and yeah. Clubber yeah. Lane shows up. Yeah. Oh man, he's dressed like a, a Native American yeah. with the fucking vest and the ears. Man, it was it was good, but yeah, Creed two was. Uh, and then I watched Creed three, and it wasn't that much better, but it was better. Having Jonathan Myers in there as the the opposition, a friend of his from the past that came back, and was better. It it did ramp up, but it, they both still made my decent list. Now, one of them I'll talk more with Justin about this because uh, that Avatar: Way of Water I ended up watching it was on HBO, and it only made my decent list uh, because I I think I lost a lot. I think the three the Avatar. It's a new oh, Avatar. okay, and it's out. Yeah, it's out finally on HBO, finally. But I think you really have to see it in 3D to get it, because when you don't... Did it, it do well in the theater? Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure it looked amazing. When it looked, did it leave? It's still in the theater? I don't think so. Maybe, but I don't think so. I think it's on HBO now, so people can check it out. 4K t- TVs are, are great and all, but 
it relies a lot on story when it's not in 3D, and the story is garbage. It's 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 nothing. There is no story. Bad guys against good guys. Blue guys against blue guys. Basically, the first one was good, and the first one was good. And it, it with me, it hurt a lot with the non-human element in this. I I understand that it was all Avatar. Well, the humans, based. the humans, uh, like uh, Stephen Lang's in it. He dies at the end of the first one, but he's in this one because him and his team end up putting their consciousness in, uh, like the blue people's avatar bodies. So the problem is, is now you have to make them unique enough where you can immediately, Identify. there were some blue characters where I'm like, who the fuck is this? Who the fuck is this guy? I don't know. And yeah, I, yeah, at the yeah. theater, you were like, who cares? Look at all that's happening. I, I get that. Yeah. But at home, you're like, no, I need a story here. And there is yeah. no fucking story here. It, I disliked it so much that I will not watch the sequels. I don't care. I mean, uh, he's not a, I don't, Gorgeous, for sure. He's not an incredible storyteller, anyway. He can be though. He can be. Look at Aliens. Aliens. Was Fucking good. Aliens. Did he look, write look that at T2? story though? Yeah, but he has a lot to do with it, regardless uh, of him writing. He it. makes things look great. Yeah, I mean that's his superpower. Yeah, and he spends the time it takes oh, to no. do it. He's revolutionary in that but aspect. I, as far as storytelling yeah. goes. It awesome. slipped a little bit, but he's getting older too. A lot of those guys, they have a problem with that. Uh, and then there's a lot of those directors that are amazing, but they want to write their own stuff. Like I would kill to see. Scorsese. I would skill. Well, Scorsese does other people's stuff. He doesn't write any of his stuff uh, that I think of. But he, one of the best examples is M. Night Shyamalan. He, he only does his own stuff. Do somebody else's material, yeah. dude. You yeah. could fucking blow it out of the water. Yeah, you have yeah, a great yeah. visual eye. You could kill it. But he just wants he, to continue with his own stuff. I get it. I'm a, I'm a writer myself. But here's the thing. Since he has such control over it, he probably makes a pretty good living and doesn't have to answer to anybody. Yeah, but can you imagine him doing an alien movie yeah. or something like that? No, I take, get it. take up someone else's property. He doesn't want property. to be... He wants to be known as the guy that does his yeah, movies. That's true. I mean... And, and I I see the appeal as well. Ari Aster is going to be the same way. So Robert Eggers, they're going to just do their... Well, Robert Eggers just did Nosferatu, and that's obviously someone else's material too. But all right, one movie that I did make on my very good list that I thought was a fucking blast, and this is the one, and if Justin, if you haven't seen this, if you have Peacock, check this out, is that, uh, that it's 2023's Renfield, that one where oh, okay. Nicolas Cage yeah. plays Dracula in it. I, I see Super funny, man. Was it? Yeah, it was really funny. I mean, it had the same exact feel as Kick-Ass. If you want to know what the comedy is, it's like Kick-Ass. It feels like you're watching a horror version of Kick-Ass with it, where it's a lot of wire work that's thrown around and everything, but you're you're following this one character. You're basically following Renfield, who's basically Dracula's butler, but he's going to like a self-help group, that's, and he's talking to them like it's a, a relationship that he's in. They don't realize it's Dracula and everything, and there's just so much fun elements with it. Uh, Aquafina's in it, and she's a fucking riot in it, man. Uh, when you can cast her well, it's really, really funny. Uh, I think she's great in certain things, and I think she really goes well with this. And to allow Nicolas Cage to go full Nicolas Cage as Dracula, and he went it, man. I mean, when he does his monologues in this, you're like, these Who people... Who played Renfield? Uh, Nicholas Holt, he's awesome. He's the guy from The Menu. He was uh, also in the X-Men movies. He played Beast. Mm. He, you'd recognize if you saw his face, but he's really good in this. A British actor who's uh, really good. So check out Renfield. Now, before we get into our movie, and our movie today will be uh, 2016's. Is 2016? Yeah, 2016's The Founder with Michael Keaton. We want to talk just briefly about a loss for this week, and it was a big one for me and for Dave because we both grew up with this guy, and... From all accounts, he is a he was an unbelievable sweetheart. He had just finished mowing his lawn and he tweets he's been tweeting about his lawn in Vermont for 
for I guess the last year and people are following him just to follow his like mowing videos and everything oh, yeah. of him enjoying his life and this is the great treat Williams so apparently because his last tweet was uh, he just mowed his lawn and he was like I wish I could bottle the smell that's like this right now and then apparently he got on his motorcycle and he was killed someone struck him he got ejected from the motorcycle and he died and oh my god man it's such a fucking shame man uh, and you had even tweeted me, like, these motorcycle people must really love their motorcycles, you know, because it's a dangerous fucking thing. And I'm wondering if he was wearing a helmet because that's gotten real popular lately. Like, motorcycles with no helmets. If uh, you, he, Here's where I think, like... He seems like someone who would wear a helmet, but he's old, so, I mean, he's lived, older. If you lived out in the Plain States... Yep. With long highway stretches. And he lived in Vermont, so it's it probably pretty safe 90% no, I would of the say, time. I would say that open spaces are way safer. If, yeah. Like, if you live out there and you own a motorcycle, I'm, I am I get it. Wear a helmet, though. Yeah. I don't know the circumstances. But the twisty, turny roads in yeah. Vermont. And it's you, all about it's the... It's all defensive driving. It's all about the point. other people. Yeah, 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 it's all defensive driving. Yeah. Like, all day long, someone's trying to kill you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Because they, don't, they can hit you five miles an yeah. hour, and that's all it would take. Well, anyways, no one has anything bad to say about Tree Williams. Apparently, he was just a, he, he was a complete sweetheart, and yeah. everyone loved him. He had a long career. Now, some of the movies, if you want to go back and watch some of the Tree Williams, one movie that I recently watched that I hadn't watched for, uh, I had never seen before, and it's on HBO right now, is Flashpoint. And I don't know if I have talked to you about it or I talked to Justin about it, but they it, it was a simple plan, basically. They were Border Patrol agents, Treat Williams I think I've seen and, and Chris Christopherson, mm-hmm. and they found money, just like uh, Simple Plan, and they decided to hide it and wait and see what happens. And basically, you know that Gary Cole character that shows up at the end on Simple Plan? They have that character, but it's uh, Red Foreman, uh, to the point where you're like, did the guy who did Simple Plan watch Flashpoint a little yeah. too many, couple too many, too many times. times? Because it seems like it's that movie. I, too bad we we didn't find money because I feel like we'd be on the same page. <laughs> like, I would have no problem sitting out for five years. Yeah, bury that under chin. your floorboards yeah. and take one hundred to the and put it in the casino. Yeah. Like go go, <laughs> lot of your money through the casino. But for other movies, Treat Williams uh, that you should check out. Nineteen Forty One has always been one of our favorite movies. Mm-hmm. We grew up watching Nineteen Forty One. I've I've watched the swing dancing scene three times since it was announced that he died. And I posted on Facebook. So if you listen to this, check out our Facebook page. Check out the swing dancing scene. I know Bobby DiCicco gets all the credit for being a kick ass dancer, but that other stuff that Treat Williams is doing, like when Wendy Joe grabs him and kisses him, mm-hmm. there's a shot that it's like a three second yeah, yeah. or two second he shot. Spins him uh, out. Spins her out. Well, before that, like. There's a scene where Wendy Joe dips Treat Williams and kisses him. And, okay, yeah, and, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Treat Williams' eyes are really big and wide, and it was this one second shot that Spielberg showed in there, and it just makes me laugh every time at Treat Williams for doing it. And it's it's really a funny stuff stuff that he did. That uh, that's a brilliant scene, oh, by the way. So you great. want to see why Spielberg is the master of yeah. filmmaking? People shit on that movie all the time. I don't know why. It's I do got, not get it's it. It's got comedy. It filmed great. I mean, it didn't, age, didn't age well. It, it doesn't age well. It race uh, race wise. But here's the thing: it's almost like a television show, and it just changes scenes. Yeah. And you go with a different group. Oh yeah. And then you go with a different group. You great. go with a different group. You might not like this one group as much as the other group. You're like, oh, great, we're back to the submarine. But they they even it out enough that we're. They should have a huge audience for this movie. They should. And, and what is good about it is most people who... Spielberg is one of the biggest directors ever, so people eventually, if you're in the film, will go on deep dives and they will find yeah. it and everything. Like I said, it doesn't age well just because of the inappropriateness in it, but this is how people were during the war. That's you got to go with that. They could cut that tanks 
scene out. There's a lot. If you went back through it, there's a, there's a lot more. And even the scene with <laughs> Tree Williams. Little orphan Annie uh, in Florida. <laughs> so there's, a, there's a lot of great stuff in there. But the um, that line wasn't from that movie. That's a that's a line from uh, Super Fuzz, the the original 1970s Super Fuzz. But he does that same thing with the okay. oranges. But that's a line from Super Fuzz. If you go back and watch, that's an obscure movie that no one knows. That's a line that no one knows because <laughs> because of uh, our deep dive in that. Uh, some of the other movies you might know from Treat that's great. Deep Rising was so good. Prince of the City, Jesus, one of Sydney Laments, that. one of Sydney Laments' best man. It always gets over. Shadowed by Serpico, but if you like Serpico, check out Prince of the City. Same thing, true story, uh, fabulous movie. A lot of people loved him in Hair. I, I, I don't remember Hair. I must have watched it back in the day, but he was a big star in that movie. <laughs> I always watch those Serpico movies, or, and I'm always like, yeah, that's what I would be doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I, I, I would Goes be back a dirty to hiding cop. the money. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be the dirty cop. I'd be like, you snitch ass <laughs> motherfucker. Just leave them alone. Let yeah. them do their job. Oh, Princess City was so good for that. So so definitely check that out. He was in a long running show called Everwood that people loved yeah. on like CW. He had a huge television career. Huge career. Uh, one, if you want to go watch a great Tubi one, is Dead Heat with him and Piscopo, where they oh, play yeah, cops yeah, yeah. that get reanimated after they die. And so he's like half zombie through the whole movie. And it, it's it's a fun movie, man. Treat Williams is so great at what he does. One of my other great things for him, and a lot of people don't know about this movie, is Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. Mm-hmm. He played a fucking nutcase that was drinking his own urine and he was held up in his house and he was crazy remember there's a great scene where steve buscemi one of the first things we saw steve buscemi in shows up as a hitman that everyone's scared of that's everyone's uh <laughs> anthony uh andy garcia's whole crew <laughs> fucked with the wrong and they, person and they call that irony yeah because <laughs> he looks like he's i don't never mess with it was anyone. really that's good. why he was good in, it was really smart in the fargo yeah well andy garcia in things are doing dead when you're dead andy garcia's crew went and uh and fuck with the wrong people, so the mob hit put a hit out on him. And when they came for Treat Williams, Treat Williams had been held up in his house because he knew they were going to come for him. So he had been held up in his house. He had no food. He was drinking his own piss. He had painted camo on his face. And when Steve Buscemi came in, no one was getting the drop on Steve Buscemi, and then the lights came on. And Treat Williams came out with a sawed-off shotgun and says, I am Godzilla, and you are Japan, and shoots Steve Buscemi in the stomach, throws him across the room, and uh, and Treat Williams walks up to him and it says, you're, uh, uh, what did he say, something like, your reputation far precedes your skills, my friend. And then all of a sudden, Steve Buscemi has a small little derringer and shoots Treat Williams in the stomach. And you're like, oh, God, he almost got away with this. And But they both died on top of each other. It's one of my favorite uh, Treat Williams scenes. Type up uh, Treat Williams and uh, things to do in Denver when you're dead. You'll come across that clip. It's great. But we should go on to our main post here. Our main movie today is The Founder, 2016 with Michael Keaton. Why don't you give us a little logline before I go through some of the cast and uh, details about the movie? I mean, this movie is the very inception of McDonald's experience. Yeah, it really from is. From it, the founder. From the initial concept to... But the deep thing is it where it, it's kind of a shady... Uh, salesman who basically finds a great product and manipulates the two guys. I have no problem with what you did, by the way. <laughs> if that gives you any more. 
That's a, that's another I got insight. my MBA, by the way. <laughs> I have absolutely no problem. Michael Keaton with what was Michael a Keaton go- did whatsoever. Not one thing he did was there's wrong. A, there's one little trivia thing, and I'll tell you every tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> to play his character, Michael Keaton watched Alec Baldwin, Glengarry Glenn Ross, Michael Douglas and Wolf of Wall uh, in uh, Wall Street, Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street, and Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire. Those are th- nobody wants those. Those are all four characters of like manipulative but successful kind of bastards. What does that say about me? <laughs> I love uh, those guys. <laughs> those guys are my favorite. Uh, I mean, it's like the chicken and the egg. Like you, you want the success to be, to be good at to be that good at yeah. it. Like. I'm moderately successful. I could be as successful as any of those people, yeah. but you would have to be a piece of shit yeah. to do it. Well, that's why they tell like, you don't don't meet your heroes because you're going to find yeah. out that they had yeah, to yeah, be yeah, a little yeah, cutthroat yeah. to get to where they were. I mean, you can't become like one of the biggest producers in Hollywood without being a complete scumbag, but I mean, there's, there's levels of scumbag, obviously, yeah. which mentions to this. I think this was one of Weinstein's last films that they did because at the beginning, this was a Weinstein but film. He, but seriously, a lot of those... Movies that you named, they were doing nefarious stuff. Oh yeah, he didn't do anything wrong. No, he didn't do anything wrong. They he took credit for things that he, he shouldn't took have credit, taken credit he shouldn't, for. Was. But he, he had he had legal ways to be able to do yeah. it. And I'll, I'll mention more in the uh, in the trivia when I get there. But the movie makes it look like the brothers were a lot more upset than they were. And you, the trivia tells us that. Trivia, uh, they were way more upset. They weren't as upset as the picture made them look. They looked like they were really peeved, at, yeah. but they were very happy with the severance they package. Got a, they got a big dollar <laughs> check. Yeah. So I'll front. talk more about that when we get there. But let's go into the cast because the cast was very simple in this, but it was very good. Very well cast, this movie. So Michael Keaton played Ray Kroc. We all know Michael Keaton. Uh, he had a run there for a while. Like it, He did these five, one, two, three. He did these four movies in a row. Night Shift, which is basically his big coming out party. That was the Ron Howard kind of Henry Winkler uh, movie we watched when we were really young because our mom loved it. So Night Shift, then he did Mr. Mom, Johnny Dangerously, Gung Ho, all four in a row. Then he he did some a few movies here, and then he went on to do Beetlejuice, Clean and Sober, Dream Team, Batman, Pacific Heights, Multiplicity. And then he took a huge break and came back with Jackie Brown. Then he took a huge break and he came back with like the Birdman. So he's had such an interesting career. I wonder what he did all the time. I'm often wondering... If he like chased a passion or something when he Maybe. When, you, when they retire for like three or four years and like oh I wanted to be the best sailboat and a lot of those times I ever could. yeah it is interesting it would be interesting to see what he it's did weird because you get a ton of money and then you're like if I just live normal I yeah. don't have to do this again well that's what's interesting like when you years. see that gap and you were to ask him I wonder if he'd been like oh I got married then and I I, I traveled the world and yeah. I went to my kids' yeah. graduation yeah. and I, I did a lot of family stuff at that period yeah. of time I built my own dock yeah. <laughs> He's a great actor because you look, you can look at Michael Keaton and you could see him having a completely different career if he he made different uh-huh. choices. Car- I loved his choices, Car- but no, no, I meant in movies. Oh, like you could see him playing different characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's notoriously, and I mentioned this to Justin before. Uh, there was a major snafu with the movie Kingpin, where it had to be recast, uh, and apparently uh, Michael Keaton had been in the role of Woody Harrelson. Long, very much like Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future. This, this, weeks. this filming of it that I don't think we can find, but th- there's rumored that this footage of Michael Keaton playing the Woody Harrelson character, but he could not stand Bill Murray so much that he's he's like, uh, I don't care what you do to me legally, I'm leaving this film. 
And then they got Woody Harrelson and he came in and he did it. Did he do a good job? Uh, Woody I don't Harrelson? know. Uh, Woody Harrelson and Kingpin? Yeah. Fuck yeah, he did a good okay. job. You've seen Kingpin. Eh? I don't think so. No, that's the, oh, the King bowling Pin, movie. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So Michael Keaton was playing that character in the Farley Brothers it fucking Kingpin. It wouldn't have been good. It wouldn't have been, but it would be interesting to do. It, it, I have a weird <clears throat> like and dislike for him. And it's not even a dislike. The, what for Woody Harrelson or who? For Michael Keaton. Oh, Michael Keaton. So the one thing that Michael Keaton is super good at and the reason why most people like him is I like him from the opposite. So he can ramp up oh, yeah. really quickly. Yeah. Like he doesn't intensity. do it all the time. He doesn't do it all the time, but I like his I like his laid back yeah. more like I like Like his, uh the one the Boston priest. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. His just he, What's the name of that movie? Uh, like he Spotlight. Like when he talks less. Yeah. Like he's very expressive. And he the, does that more in his later career, which is why I When like you got his, him early, he bop, 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 oh, bop, yeah. bop, 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 Oh, yeah. And that's he's the one thing I noticed about actor. him when he came back for Jackie Brown. I was like, he's he's more laid back. Yeah. And I like this version of him better than the intensity. I, 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 the intensity is great for the he, he movie. He aged out of it, which which smartly, because a lot of people yeah. are still trying to do the same character they did when they were younger. Ray Liotta just did it to the very end, probably. Yeah, he kind of did that to the very end. That was kind of how he is. He had his moments where he, he, he laid it back, but he, he would... Well, his he did what we call dynamics. Like, yeah. like when we were playing in a band... If you go super loud, then oh, yeah. like go into a bridge that's like, <laughs> ding, 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 Because well, then the loud sounds so much louder when you go back to it. Well, that's what's exciting when Keaton did it. Like he didn't do it in Batman other than that. You want to get nuts? Let's get I nuts. I call that the Smashing Pumpkins effect, by the way. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. That's what they did. You yeah. made that famous? Yeah. Uh, so these other actors in this movie, they're all great character actors. John Carroll Lynch. Fucking love John Carroll Lynch. He, he, he gets into some of my favorite movies. so fucking good. So people might know him. <laughs> I know him from... Like, mom still calls him Norm from Fargo. That was his character name from Fargo. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, Norm's in this. And I was like, that's funny that you know him like that, and that you, that's what you call him. You call him Norm. Uh, and a lot of people on TV know him because he's he got very famous in that American Horror Stories as that clown with the creepy uh, he, face. You can put makeup on this dude, oh, yeah. and he lumbers. It's a big dude. He lumbers like the best of them. Oh, yeah. He's a big There's a reason why dude. they got him for Zodiac. They could have played... They he, He's another person that could have been like serial killers in a whole bunch of different movies, and he hasn't really done that. Like One of the, my favorite movies that he ever did was The Invitation, and a lot of people haven't seen that. That's where uh, they a bunch of friends kind of reconnect and show up at this one house to have a dinner and it's very awkward (laughs) and you don't know what's going on and I don't want to ruin what happens in the movie but it's very nefarious and creepy and they bring in John Carroll Lynch into the dinner party late he shows up very late and he just sits in the back and he doesn't say a word and he just looks at people and people are like who the fuck is this guy what the hell's going on with this guy and he's so good at that that kind of he did that same thing in Zodiac he just sat there but you almost were like this guy's guilty as fuck how do you no, no, no reason. I just have that feeling, you know. But some other movies that people might know him from is uh, Grumpy Old Men, uh, The Fan, Volcano. I hated Volcano, but he had a decent scene where he had to step into the lava. I know Justin's a big fan of that scene. He played a guard in Face Off, Gone in sixty Seconds, The Good Girl. I love The Good Girl. No one knows about that movie. Shutter Island. He was great in. Uh, Nick Offerman, another great character in this movie. He plays one of the McDonald. I didn't mention John Carroll Lynch plays one of the McDonald's brothers. Nick Offerman plays the other one. Nick Offerman 
obviously his most famous thing is going to be Parks and Rec. He played Ron Swanson. He's weird not seeing him with a, that mustache on, so it's weird in the fond yeah. when he doesn't have it. But uh, he was also uh, famous for uh, Sin City, Risk Cutters, 21 Jump Street, where the uh, Millers love Nick Offerman. A lot of talk about him this year for that Last of Us. He played like half of a gay couple in a... Uh, in Last of Us, and I think they did one episode, and it's apparently it's one of the best episodes of television of the year. Mm-hmm. It was uh, an episode Nick Offerman was in. Uh, Laura Dern, always big fan of Laura Dern. She's sometimes she's not cast in the right role, and I loved her in this role. I, th- I thought she was great in it. I loved. I just recently did a rewatch of Jurassic Park because of the 30 year anniversary, and uh, she's great in that. Loved her in that. Uh, She's a, she did a lot of stuff early because she's famous from her parents too, Bruce Stern's daughter and Diane Ladd's daughter. Like the like he treated he treated his wife pretty shittily. I yeah, thought. but they also that was another thing I didn't mention in the trivia, but I had read it that they had a kid together too, so okay. they kind of eliminated they, that part of it out of there too. So they imagine just, his relatives watching it and be oh, like, "Oh man!" Or the kid, that's <laughs> <laughs> the kid watching. He's it. probably dead. Thank you, motherfucker. My whole life <laughs> it was a race to perform me. I'm like, oh, they're gonna do a movie about my dad. They didn't really like go into his. I what I like in some of these movies is I want to see. So I didn't really see where he. I wanted to see he had succeeded by seeing some of the the spoils, like yeah. his big house or his nice fancy car. Oh, and, and that's you, maybe you got why none they, of that since that's maybe why they didn't deal with the Laura Dern part as much. You got the idea that he eventually married that Linda Cardellini character, yeah. and he probably spent most of his like his famous part of his life well, with her. Well, he was uh, man, it, in. Oh man, you could tell right when he met Linda Carl because so the other two characters before we get into the movie here, I just want to get through the characters. So we got uh, Patrick Wilson and Linda Cardellini come in as two investors that also you could tell when Ray Kroc immediately meets Linda Cardellini, you're like, oh man, he's got eyes for her. And Patrick Wilson almost you could see it on his face that oh man, I shouldn't even introduce these two. You can almost see it on his face. It was sad. One of my favorite characters in this movie is B.J. Novak. Man, B.J. Novak uh, takes this movie next level. I know that's your favorite I'm scene. I'm the B.J. Novak. Uh, oh of- man. Of business. But that scene would be, and we'll talk more in depth of the big <coughs> and the B. Jack, B. J. Novak scene when it happens. But I, I can already tell that's your favorite scene of the movie because he breaks it down to him, uh-huh. and you could see him going, I've "Oh made my that god, speech. oh god." And most people know B. J. Novak from The Office. I'm not a big Office fan, but he later did some movies. He did Inglorious Bastards, Saving Mr. Banks, which is the same director as this. So I think that's where they got B. J. Novak from. He was also an amazing Spider-Man too. So speaking of the director, so John Lee Hancock was the director. Some of the movies he's famous for, he did The Rookie with Dennis Quaid, The Alamo, which, oh, that was one of the biggest dog shit movies in the world. This just proves that you can do a dog shit movie and you can do a fantastic <laughs> dog, movie. I mean, that Alamo yeah. movie with fucking Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, you can be God. the best director in the world if the story is crap. Yep. And if things Damn. aren't working on your side, I mean, it just doesn't work. Uh, so he did The Blind Side, which really got him some good notice. Blind Side was great. He I did- see so many... I see so many clips of that big dude used to. Oh, from the blind side. Yeah, yeah. The, the real dude. The real guy saying saying eh, how, like that. It didn't. How yeah. many? How it didn't go down like that. Yeah. It didn't go down. Like, hey, he maybe says that's it a lot. maybe that's a John Lee Hancock thing because apparently the founder he he eliminated some of that stuff too. But that's kind of a Spielberg thing. Spielberg's like, I want the audience to love this and that. I don't give a shit if I have to switch this. Yeah, yeah. We're storytellers. Uh, he also did the little things, which I watched on HBO. That was that Denzel Washington, Remy Malik. Uh, movie, which was oh, I right. just watched Queen, a, the Queen movie for the yeah. first time. Mm-hmm. How great was, it was fu- great. that fucking movie, man? Yeah. Uh, watch the Elton John one next. That Rocket Man, ooh, almost better. But Rocket Man was really fucking. Queen good. was that Queen movie was so good 
because I hate that lead actor. Oh, Remy, really? you don't like him? Mm-mm. He's good in the right thing, and he's that was he the was right great. thing. That, he was perfect. He was made to yeah. play that movie. But I don't like him as yeah. an actor. How about Mike Myers in that movie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scotta Moo, Scotta Moo, what, what is a, this what, shit? <laughs> what, a teenager's going to be screaming this in their cars? <laughs> I think that's Mike Myers' just future in filming is just playing weird characters under makeup. He's great at it. He was Do it. super good in the, what was it? Uh, Glorious Bastards. Glorious yeah, Bastards. Yeah, so good in that. So the writer of the movie, and I'll just list some of his credits. So Robert Siegel, he was famous for writing The Wrestler, which one of the darkest, kind of depressing, depressing movies <laughs> in the no world. no feel-goodness in that. And then movie. right after that, he went into that Disney, or I don't even think it was Disney, maybe it was Pixar, that Turbo movie about the fast uh, snail. <laughs> it's funny. That was one of those things you're like, oh, I got to shake this wrestler fucking shit. I got to write yeah. an animated movie about snails. <laughs> <laughs> so he went on from that to do The Founder, but then he went to TV. He He's the creator of the Pam and Tommy uh, limited series on okay. Hulu, which is awesome. And he's also... Uh, part of the Welcome to the Chippendales, the one with Kamal Nanjiani, which people are saying is great. I didn't There's like murder. I saw he shit. got jacked. There's like murder and shit. Well, that was for the Avengers movies, but for the uh, the weapon, uh, Welcome to Chippendales show, apparently he was, it's all about him and he's like a ruthless motherfucker I think killed people or something. So I think it's more of like a Sopranos thing than people think of. <laughs> he killed people in real life? Uh, the, I thought he was a stand-up. <laughs> you know where I first saw him? Was it X-Files episode. Really? Super young. Wow. That is, I don't know how old he is. Like, I watched him in Silicon Valley, I think, is the first thing I saw him. He's probably 45. Yeah, he's probably our age. Or a little bit younger. He was like 16 or 17. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know what I know him from first, but I know, I'm pretty sure it's Silicon Valley. Now, uh, John Schwartzman was the cinematographer. He was famous for doing the cinematography for Benny and June, Airheads, The Rock, Conspiracy Theory, Armageddon, Pearl Harbor, Seabiscuit, The Amazing Spider Man, Jurassic World Man. So, this guy's done some really elaborate setups for stuff and some low-key stuff. I bet they have... I bet he loves going to the low-key. It's like, man, Ugh. I love doing Spider-Man, but coming here and doing... This filmed in 22 <laughs> days, man. I mean, well, fucking... They, they had th- three setups. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. So uh, the composer, also very famous. So this Carter Burwell, I'm always amazed, and that's why I love breaking down the cinematographer and the composer when we do these episodes, because... I come across people that we should know. This composer, Carter Burwell, he did every Coen Brothers movie. How the fuck is he not like a more well name? I've never heard of this guy in my life. And even above the Coen Brothers movies, he did Wayne's World 2. He did Jackal, Gods and Monsters, Being John Malkovich, Adaptation. He did so much shit. and No one knows him. We they all know John him. Williams, but we don't know this guy. So, I already forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Carter and I've and I've composed for movies before. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, yeah. Those. I try not to like, like, like go do like if I like movie music, I don't dive into what he. I do did. deep dives on. I don't on so many people on movies. It goes too deep where I probably shouldn't. Like the music, I was I watched a couple of scenes from Heat again. Yeah, and the pulsing music for that was so, so great. I have no idea who did it. I never even looked it up. That'd be interesting. I wonder if it's a, uh, if it's a, who did the Heat? Uh, Michael Mann. It might be a Michael Mann guy who did all. Definitely had too. that style. Oh, the I know it's. The like the thumps for the yeah. the uh, uh, bank robbery scene. Yeah. Oh, so good! I love that scene. It's because 
they just leave the open space yeah. and it's like the traffic is going and they're like it's an art to it when that, you don't you don't even realize how good it is until it's not there or if it's done poorly that scene i mean the start of the bank robbery scene the yeah. big bank robbery scene like right from when they meet dennis has uh, the Haysburg. president yeah dennis Haysburg. <laughs> mr president mr president Cooking mom's rewatching hamburgers. she's watching season one of 24 right now i feel envious because i'd love because i told her i said the first four seasons first three are phenomenal the first four are are good and then it just slips off after that so he, take it as far as you want first season had the biggest mistake i've ever seen in a in a show or a film they had like they had a scene where, like, he was supposed to be out on a dock or something by himself, and someone was crouching down. Either it was sound guy or a, yeah. ca- or a camera. Oh, and you saw him? I mean, like... Clear as day. Clear as day. It's like... Like, to the story, you're like, who's the dude? Doesn't <laughs> yeah. he see the dude? That's funny. And I was That's like... Fu- the worst it, for me in a film is always going to be Steven Spielberg in Duel. It... It, you can yeah. see his complete reflection in the thing, holding the script in his hand, looking up, looking down at the script, it was looking outdoors up. was oh. uh, great. Uh, that was his first movie, so we forgive him for that. What's the one with? Oh, Great Outdoors, great outdoors. had a bunch of them. Oh, had, had a bunch of them. Had a bunch of them, and That's, it's a, and you know, and you know what happened? They didn't have another angle. Yeah. So the guy in the studio is like, you can either not have this scene, which is the pivotal Great part of the movie. Might have been the second worst, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. It the was one with, bad. When the, he's the counting with, off the yeah, the dinner record where he's the, counting off when they're supposed to run out of the room yeah, and scream. Oh yeah. my god! Or when you see the stick at the bottom of the screen with but, the bear at the end. But that's an editor mistake because you can cut the the you could trim the oh yeah count off. It would just happen sooner. But just go out to the outside of the cabin and hear screams. Yeah. I would did so many different things. You yeah. Done. So. Whatever. All right, going back to the founders. So the release date, this, it listed as a 2016 movie, but okay. it actually the release date was January 20th, 2017. Filmed all over Georgia. The budget was $25 million, and the gross was $24 million. So, I mean, it almost broke even, but it's a low-budget <laughs> film. You kind of get that the, on it. Those, I, I take... I use those numbers with a grain of salt. Yeah, with I mean, if it's, a, nowadays, if it's a major loss, maybe. Yeah, if you if you triple digits. Yeah, <laughs> but if you lost ten million dollars, you're going to make that yeah. up. Right now, that's why people should be focusing on horror because you're never going to have a bigger profit than the, what horror did last year. Check up what Barbarian and Smile made in the theater compared to what they cost. I think they were ten million dollar movies and they end up making like a hundred yeah. million each. It's those like people insane. that spend a hundred million to make a hundred and twenty. Yeah, that seems like a big game. People got to realize that. I know people want to go see Mission Impossible in the theater, but people are dying for comedy and horror. I'm a, I'm a horror guy. If there's a horror movie in the theater, I'm going to fucking see it. I don't want to miss out on that horror community discussion about uh, about this movie and that movie, you know? So some of the trivia, and this is some interesting stuff here. So the company Croc worked for, Prince Castle, still exists and supplies McDonald's with much of its equipment. Very interesting. While uh, here's the, what I was referring to before. While there were some hard feelings between the Croc and the McDonald's, the brothers were very happy with the buyout, and Dick even ate at the ceremonial fifty billionth hamburger in 1984. Uh, the whole movie was shot in 22 days. The restaurants depicted were built from scratch in parking lots, which are very that's very interesting because that's where that 25 million went. A lot of that went. Uh, these actors weren't paid huge amounts. I mean they. Maybe Michael Keaton got a million or something, but it, most people kind 22 of, days, that's a short sentence. She is. schedule. And I think they, they credit that to John Lee Hancock. I think he was super prepared for this. Uh, so Tom Hanks, this is another really interesting one, and this could have changed Michael Keaton's career big time. So Tom Hanks turned down the role of Ray Kroc for the founder, and then Michael Keaton, he uh, done great Keaton too. took it. Would have done great. But what's interesting about it is the opposite happened. 
when they filmed Philadelphia, Michael Keaton turned it down. Tom Hanks got it, and Tom Hanks got I the got you back. Got the Oscar <laughs> for it, and Michael Keaton would have got the Oscar for that role. Probably. He would have he would have killed that role. Yeah. He would have killed it, and it would have been a totally different thing Being for him. And it would have changed it would have changed his career, and he would have went on to do tons of stuff that he had never gone hey, on to do because of that. Don't make him cry. What if he's listening? No, man, I love Michael Keaton's trajectory, and I loved. Can't wait to see. him I mean, in he Beale was a Juice. huge part of our childhood. Seeing him in Beetlejuice too. I just You're can't even imagine because the only time we've seen recently and recently that I can remember him playing somewhat silly but not even majorly silly was uh, the other guys with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg okay. where he was their boss and he had a couple moments where like he was the pl- chief of police but he also worked at Bed Bath and Beyond yeah. and there's some scenes where him working at Bed Bath and Beyond were hilarious or there was that great scene the movie wasn't that great but it had some good uh, moments in the movie I remember there was a great moment was, where maybe I didn't see where uh, freaking Mark Wahlberg kept screaming at him you gotta get me to do some good stuff I want some good cases I'm a peacock I need to fly and Michael Keaton's like hey they don't fly. Pick a different bird. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen apparently loved the script for this and wanted to direct it, but they had scheduling conflicts with that Hail Caesar movie that tanked. Damn shame. Joel and Ethan Cohen would have been great at this. They, they would have changed. They ran to their buddy Clooney because he was like, yeah. I didn't, it wasn't terrible. I don't even remember it. I know I saw it, but I don't even remember a remember. thing about it. Yeah. Uh, so Ray Kroc was 52 when he met the McDonald's brothers. Keaton was 65 uh, in the movie. That the guy that wrote, uh, oh, just a side note, the guy that wrote um, No Country for Old Men, he just died. Yeah, yeah, Corman uh, McCormack, is that what his name I think is? think so. Yeah, he did The Road, he just died. Our grandmother just died, we should mention her too, RRP to her. She's 97, so it's more of a celebration than anything else. Yeah. Just, uh, hey, yeah, it's 97, man. <laughs> Plus, it's what she wanted. The, sa- the <laughs> same day she died, the Unabomber died too. I And this is... Here's the funny thing is right after that, ha- like the day after it happened, I bought the I bought the Unabomber series oh, on really? Amazon so that I could watch. And Interesting. Just, There's a Unabomber series on Amazon? I have Prime. I probably can get Sam it. Sam right? Worthington. Oh, God. He's, he, is he, he good in it? He's good in this. The guy that plays the Unabomber is great. Oh, he but, doesn't play the Unabomber? Uh-uh. Interesting. He's, he's someone chasing him. He's good in this movie. You, I, I have the same feeling for him, yeah. too. I'm like, yeah, eh, yeah. I wish it was somebody else. But he doesn't ruin it. Huh, I'll have to check it out. But the the crime itself, and it's done all Zodiac style. Yeah, like looking, they're oh, looking. Cool. The whole thing. That's is how a, it should be done. They caught him through something called uh, forensic linguistics. Yeah, they read his writings, the and insider, his letters. The Insider Man is the best backdoor Unabomber movie ever. The, yeah. That movie, The Insider, with Russell Crowe and Al Pacino. Remember, at the end, they catch the Unabomber. Oh yeah, <laughs> the fucking, it's it's all about the cigarette industry. And at the end, he he gives him the tip. Uh, he gives Al Pacino the tip, and they catch the Unabomber. Yeah, fucking crazy. Well, we yeah, I'll have to check the series out. So don't tell me too much about it because there's a lot about it I don't know. Do they go into the early stuff though when he was being uh, tested by oh, yeah. the CIA? Okay, good. That's yeah. what that's the yeah, interesting yeah. stuff. So uh, we're almost done here, but with this, we can actually get into the movie. So uh, Michael Keaton had hours of video for the real Ray Kroc, so he really studied his uh, his way of speaking and one other interesting fact that i found very interesting is john carroll lynch memorized the entire movie like a play knew everyone's characters and uh and dialogue which if you're an if you're a theater guy i mean that probably helps to do that type of thing so let's get into the movie here people that don't know this story it's such an interesting story you know yeah and i love how it's told at the beginning of the movie, we're just seeing Ray Kroc, the Michael Keaton character, as a struggling salesman. He's just trying to sell 
uh, what do they call them? Uh, electric mixers. Electric he had, mixers. He had the five spindle electric mixer. And I love the opening scene, you know, where he's he's in front of the camera, dead on looking into the camera. He's a pure and giving salesman. His pitch. Pure salesman. Yep. Like you have your what points you want to hit. Yep. He's a great salesman. The product's just, or something is just not kicking with him. He's looking for that right thing that will elevate well, him. And how I interpret it, he noticed. He was trying to sell the electric mixer to everybody so they could make milkshakes faster. But yeah. then he went to these places and saw all the problems with it. Oh, yeah. Like, like I don't think I'm going to be able to... These businesses are having way too many problems. Yeah, and he's dealing... And they did a good job of showing, like, he's getting he's his waiting food. Waiting for his food. He's waiting, waiting his food. Waiting his food. And they and got waiting. it wrong, or the place is trashed and everything. And then he... He gets this one call, and he, he's struggling to sell, like, one mixer to pay people. Yeah. And then he gets he calls his answering service, and they said, hey, these guys want uh, six of your mixers and everything. He says, ah, oh, that must be a typo. That's wrong. Give me the number, and I'll, I'll call him myself. And he calls him, and he gets, uh, he gets Nick Offerman on the line. And he's like, oh, the mixer guy. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could send those over. He says, anytime. We need six of them. And he's like, six of them? He's like, no. He's like, that is wrong. He's, he's like, we need eight of them, actually. Send eight. And, <laughs> and he's like, what the hell? And, and he's so, in, like, St. Louis or Missouri. Or he somewhere. decides to just drive. Gets in his car. Like I, he's I, a traveling salesman. Yeah. Probably his first. But I think he drive. He drove like across fifteen hours, or, it's, or more maybe than that. More than it was that. like it was like a day. Yeah, like, across country. So he drove across country, and when he pulled up to the the OG McDonald's, you see the the original the sign that people these, talk about. These it. Two McDonald brothers started. Yeah, no car hops, nothing like that. And what he which sees, is a, which is a at this time, this is fifty four four. Yep. Which it's unusual because most people, most of these restaurants yeah. were doing car hops and trying to get teenagers like to that. come through, but those weren't the ones that had the yeah. money. It's the families. What so. in the way they showed us as a viewer when he showed up and he ordered his food and it, and the yeah. guy turns oh, yeah, around yeah, yeah. and he grabs it and hands go. it to him and he's like, "What's this?" He's "That's your food." And he says, "No, it must be a mistake. I just ordered." And I said, "Yeah," and here it is. <laughs> and he, he's like. Really? Seriously? He's like, well, where do I eat it? And he's like, in your car, in in the park, yeah. uh, whatever you want. Fuck off. He says, where's the silver? Where's the silverware? <laughs> he says, oh, you just it's it. You just use the wrapper, and you can just throw your trash away afterwards and everything. And he sits down, and he not only is he enjoying the hell out of it, he's looking around, and it's like a well-oiled machine on the outside. He didn't see the inside yet, and when yeah. it goes inside, it's yeah. a whole different story. But uh, I almost called him Norm too. See, look what Mom's doing to me. John <coughs> Carroll Lynch is just like the cleaning Zodiac up Killer trash. Was cleaning up trash. <laughs> yeah, see, we all got our own way. I've it, it's taken me till like last year to learn his name. So now that I know his name, I can actually call him it. Before it was yeah, the guy from uh, Fargo or whatever. To remember his name, I have to think of you learning his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> John Carolich. So once you know it's one of those three, I know it's a three name. Yeah, it, it's easier that way. So John Carolich is cleaning up trash, and he's like, "Hey, how's the burger?" He says, "You know, it's best burger I ever had." And then he. He introduces himself. He says, oh, you're the mixer guy and everything. He's like, you want a tour? He's like, I would love a tour. He said, well, finish up here and I'll take you inside. And when he takes him inside, it's like, holy crap. You can't believe it's like an orchestra happening yeah. where one I, person's working this station. I'll tell you what, I've been through this process with the food truck. Yeah. Me and Nigel yeah. have sat in there and we're like... We have to reconfigure yeah, what they the sent stations. Us. You it's do like, this. Three I people this. in here is going to be a crowded. You nightmare. can't be bumping into people. And they, the one thing, the reason why they didn't work is they wouldn't listen to me. I said, "Listen, you have to get down to like four items, yeah, so that you can give things to people quick. Yeah, nobody wants to wait eight minutes for a hamburger." And if you got 10 hamburgers in front of people, I mean, how many hamburgers can you put on a grill? Well, and that's what you realize too in this movie when they talked about 
when they there's a great scene where he invites him to dinner and he breaks down everything they do yeah. to what makes this thing work. And he realized the brothers realized that eighty five percent of all their stuff that they're selling is hamburgers, yeah. fries, mm-hmm. and soft drinks. And once they realized that, they eliminated the rest and they just stuck towards that and they just nailed it. That scene where they go to the tennis court and he breaks it down with the chalk and they, they do like almost like a theater kind of workshop of how to set up the different stations and who's going to be bumping into who and how, what time they have to get this down to. Even like Nick Offerman, remember, he's like, I think the degrees are 15 degrees off. I think they could be slightly crispier. Uh, yeah. Or slightly less crispy or something. It was crazy how one of the brothers was more of an emotional type guy, John Carroll Lynch mm. character, where Nick Offerman was clearly more the autistic kind of, we have to do I'm it the, by the numbers. I'm the, I'm the Nick Offerman of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's just always looking at this. But their problem is, is they they always thought that Michael Keaton was not going to screw them over. and But they also didn't realize what Michael Keaton was going to have to do to make this... A big yeah. thing. What? Here's the thing, and I don't think he did. I don't even if watching the movie, I don't think he screwed them over. He didn't. He, he didn't. signed a bad contract. He, they did sign a bad contract. He signed a bad contract. Well, that's true, and that what made Initially, him angry. That's what made him angry because he was getting one point nine percent. I'm like, he's like, I'm getting one point four million a month, and that doesn't even cover my nut. And I was like, holy shit, man, what the hell is this guy's nut? Where that can't cover it back in this time, yeah. this time. But he had so many things going on. So that's that's when you cue the BJ Novak. Well, character. before that, because that, that jumps in way far. It, he first has to talk to the brothers about agreeing to the franchise, and they, they tried it before, and they tried it before, and it's failed drastically. And they but showed exactly a whole bunch the reason of stuff. why you would think. Yeah, the. And it happens too. Once the first couple franchises that Michael Keaton does, even after they agree to let him do it, want to hear my sixty-second franchise story? It's pretty funny. Bring it. Popeye's chicken. Everybody knows Popeye's chicken. Love it. Haven't had it in. We stayed in the. We stayed in the um, north of the quarter in the Garden District of Louisiana for a long weekend. There was a Popeye's chicken walk. I walked in there just to get some chicken biscuits. Out. I walk in. It's kind of crowded. It was so dysfunctional with people bumping into each other, people ordering, not knowing what they were getting, yeah. to the point where she just pointed to me and said, what'd you get? And I told her, and she just grabbed two bags off the shelf and just said, here, take these. I said, well, I haven't paid yet. <laughs> She's like, go. Wow. And I was like, whoever owns this Popeye's That, that guy's just trying to clear the restaurant so they can get their footing back. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, well, in, in the movie, too, and when he pulls up to places, they're trashed, or yeah. they have fried chicken on the menu and everything. Yeah. And he, I love when he shows up at the golf course with the burger with the lettuce on it. Yeah. What is this? What is this? this? <laughs> Sticks it in the guy's chest. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, we're going to have standards here. And that's the problem, is he couldn't keep the standards. But and he was coming McDonald's across. Is, that's, Henry Ford did that yeah. for the automobile industry. Yeah. They did it for the fast food industry. It's true. And he, he kept trying to get... And that's where the brothers were an inc- intricate part of this because they had a high standard for it. And if you want it to to work the way you saw it when you showed up and you first ordered it, you have to do it this way. And convincing other franchisees yeah. to, to buy into that was a I don't difficult thing. fast food, and I especially stay away from McDonald's. Yeah. Every once in a while, if we're on the road and I have to eat us like a sausage biscuit or yeah, something. Yeah, that's what we do. That's I'll how we it. are. But, or one of the things I like, I haven't had one in a decade, is their filet of fish is kind of trashy. Yeah. But it's so good. Yeah, it's good. The, the 
the cheese melting into the bread, melting into the fish, mm-hmm. melting the. I have nothing sauce. against uh, McDonald's. And here's the thing: you, the fat's the freshest thing on the menu because they don't cook; they only cook them to order. Yeah, that's the only thing on the McDonald's menu that's cooked to order is the filet of fish. Yeah. So if you ever want something fresh, that's as fresh as it can get. Well, fish. <laughs> well, and frozen fish is the way I buy it at the grocery store. I think it's I think it's safer to buy it frozen. It than is buy it when it's sitting out. And here's another tangent: I'm getting ready to start making my own sushi. Yeah, and you have to buy. Salmon and tuna that's been frozen before. Yeah, because it kills really the microbes. Have to. Just get all the water out of it, and then you're it kills golden. all the microbes. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't bought fresh fish from our grocery store in a long time. I only buy it frozen because I know they freeze it immediately, and I don't have to worry about how long has this been sitting up. And yeah. you're le- less likely to get that like fishy smell and shit. But yeah, Laundry Talk the BJ Novak scene. So he had just come in. He had just overheard a conversation. So Ray was trying to raise money to expand. Yep. He was his whole thing was the I brothers think we can franchise it. They're it. like, we're just gonna concentrate on San Bernardino. I've never seen so many people unhappy to get checks in the mail than yeah. those McDonald's brothers. He's opening another one. <laughs> like when he got the Nick Offerman character he opened it. Like, he's like, that's three months more this month. He's like, Should we be expanding this fast? Yeah. And so he was in to try to get financing for the next project. And the model that they had is is we provide logistical support. We we have the brand name. We give you the equipment. We have the system. We teach it to you. Yep. But you go and you buy the land and you buy a building and you come back and give us a franchise fee. Pay us a franchise fee every month and you can use that brand. But you have to stay to these. So that's the original model. Yeah. And BJ Novak overheard like him asking for money and him saying he said if you guys aren't making money yeah, hand over yeah. fist, then he's like seriously wrong. He's wrong. So he drags him back to his office. Says, "Here's the ledger." And he's looking through, he's looking through, and he looks at Ray Cook and Croc. And this is Croc, and this is one of the, he's a crook. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian. <laughs> but he's staring at him, he's like, You're in the wrong business. Says, you, like, think you're you're in the, right. you think you're in the hamburger business, yeah. but you're in the real estate business. Yeah. He's like, You buy the land, you own the land, you lease it back to the franchise people that have to do everything you say or you'll cancel their lease. It might be one of my best monologues in the last 20 years in a movie is yeah. the BJ Novak yeah. line. Especially at the very end where he goes, he says it one more time, land. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can see it coming across Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton got got overshined just because of BJ Novak's great dialogue that he has to deliver, but watching Michael Keaton yeah. take it all in and being like, holy crap, yeah. this so guy what, is 100% So he right. cut this side deal it had nothing to do with the original. He was still going to do all the same things that McDonald's is providing yeah. the franchisees before. So he's kept the spirit of the deal alive yeah. with the McDonald's brothers. He goes and starts McDonald's Corporation, which they didn't do. What was great about it, too, is it allowed Ray Kroc to go back to what he's good at. You know, because he kind of got into a slump for a while dealing with all the, the hamburger yeah, stuff. Yeah. But when he got to just sell land to real estate people and uh, everything, and he, and he got back in and he was pitching, pitching it again, doing all what he's good at, he almost had a new spark for life. Uh, and, that, and then when he met That's Linda, he left his wife. And then when he met uh, Linda Car- Carolini, it was like a whole wife. different story too. Linda mm-hmm. Carolini was uh, was super uh, good in this, and came up with the idea of that powdered milkshake, which they eventually went back to actual dairy. Eventually, I saw that. But it was uh, it was interesting, and I love how she she said we've 
we've been studying your stuff. We realize you can save a lot of money with electricity with going against the dairy and just, and he's a dairy guy, Croc. Uh, So it's kind of a hard sell with him, but he's like, this is a powdered thing, vanilla and chocolate. You add it to water, has the emulsifier in it and everything. And she dumps it in a thing of water right there at the table at the restaurant and and stirs it up, stirs it up and gives it to him. And he's, she's like, what do you think? He's he's like, I think I'm tasting a delicious vanilla milkshake. I can't believe it. But in your head, you're like, you know, the McDonald's guys are not going to go for this no. and this was before the bj novak thing so this was probably the last draw for him where he's like i am just hamstringed by these brothers who will not let me take it to the next level it's got to be frustrating as shit being that big yeah. mind yeah, guy yeah, yeah. and being like oh just, i mean just release me let me i don't release have, me to the hounds like my me and my client arthur yeah like he works a lot at doing a lot of content if he did every suggestion that I made, yeah. he'd be, he's like, I'd get divorced. He's like, my wife would leave me. <laughs> he's like. <laughs> well, it's true. And well, that's mm. the thing with Croc and all those other characters, that list that I gave you with Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Wall Street. Those guys don't give a shit about fucking up personal relationships in their life to get what they're, they want. Success. That's, that's is, the is willing, the that's yeah. as far as they're willing to go. Is that those guys on Shark Tank? They don't want to hear about you wanting to take the weekends off to spend with your little girl and go See, to uh, the beach. I'm with a them. quality of life guy. Yeah, I balance. Me too. Me too. What money I can make a ton more money, but yeah. then my quality of life is going to go down. Yep. yep. And right now, I think I can give up a little of quality of life to make a little bit more money. Oh, yeah. I could get a second job easily, but I don't want to do it all the way. Like, but yeah, I'm never gonna. I'm. I might work forty hours a week for Arthur, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. I have no stress. I'm very happy. I am super happy. I'm happier than most people that I know in my life just because I, it's the little things, you know, and it's that, like you said, it's the quality of life. It's not, I'm a big fan of doing my creative stuff uh, and my job being nothing but that work. I want to be a cog in something and get a paycheck and then in my free time do my creative endeavors and everything. It just allows you to, to live that stress-free life. It really does. It's a Jeff Tate, you know that comedian? Jeff Tate. I don't think so, I do. Big bearded dude. He has a joke. He's like, I heard today that Bill Gates makes $2 million a day. Whoa. And he's like, he's like, let me pick a shift up. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I can work one day and then I'm retiring. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, if I'm being honest, I'm I'm leaving at lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I can make a million dollars and go a long way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, and it was interesting where, I mean, we all know watching this movie where it goes. You know, that was what's interesting about watching this film. It's not like one of these movies where you're, you're like, oh, I wonder how, if this is going to work. We know what he does is work. And, yeah, it, it's kind of painful at the end where you see the brothers, and the brothers already, one of the, John Carroll Lynch has already had a heart attack, and apparently 10 years after the deal, he actually did die. Uh, Dickie's the one that, uh, and Dickie was the one that was less, but heard about the whole deal anyways, and he's the one that kind of survived. The Nick Offerman character. He, Nick Offerman, he was the big idea guy. He's the one that came up with all the concepts. Yeah. Like, and he, he, he had no problem with the, the nest egg that he got and everything, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, especially when you get to a certain age and everything. Yeah, you're, you're gung-ho when you're in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s and everything. But when you're in the 50s, you're, you're looking to that, 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 that nest is, egg, that golden the, ticket. And in 19... This was what? 54. 50, no, how long did the movie span? Oh, time? probably 10 years. It could be 54 so, to 64. By the time they got their check, yeah. it was like 64. Yeah. A million dollars in 1964. Yeah. People were making, like, here to give you some context, in 84, our mortgage was 380 a month. 
yeah. at the house on Park Street. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's insane. Which, what that's a grocery. Th- those guys. That's how much I spend in groceries in eight days. And I like that in their contract, part of their deal was well, they couldn't they use the, get it. They couldn't use their name. They couldn't use their last name anymore, which the, is, which is crazy. And the dagger in the heart would have been they they opened McDonald's across the street. Yeah, from the original yeah. hamburger stand. Yeah. Stay out of San Bernardino. Come on, man. And they they wanted the San Bernardino store to give to the their the workers, employees. Their employees. And he didn't even want to do that. No. He didn't want to come was, on, bend a little bit here, man. Come on to the and that's what that's is the only that's a dick move. It's not illegal. It's not. But it's a dick move. Come on. But I think a lot of probably what happened with the Ray Carr character is he was a little bit fucking miffed at these guys. We didn't see all the arguments that he had to have with these guys. He see, probably secretly Elon couldn't stand Musk him. Is this probably the same exact way? They had that He's great a, conversation. Elon Musk is a whiny oh, yeah, little yeah. baby. Had a great conversation with Michael Keaton in the ba- bathroom at the end after they had the, made the deal where Nick Offerman goes in to use the bathroom and everything. He's like, "I'm sorry, do you have 1.5 million dollar check in your pocket?" Yeah. He says, "You're doing pretty well, Dick. You know, and you got to have to look at it my way and everything." And they just had two different ways of looking at it. One was a straight they didn't have up. They to him. No, they didn't. He was a straight up. Michael Keaton's a straight up. He came to salesman, the number two. and the other guys are straight up about being honest kind of taking care of their workers and everything and yeah michael keaton says yeah i'm sure that's nice he says not the world i live in you know or what we're trying to accomplish here he's michael keaton we didn't get to see we saw a little bit at the beginning of the movie but we didn't see all the stuff that failed with ray Kroc up till this point the the nick offerman that whole dynamic is kind of like how dad ran his business he wanted to be the guy doing it yeah every day Rather than be the salesman and yeah, set be a whole the salesman team and divvy it up to a sales team, get and, a team to go out and fix burners, and you yeah. stay home and you move the pieces around the board. Yeah, which no. is the rig. That prop. was his problem. He delegating it work to other people was not going to happen with him, and uh, yeah, that was his downfall too with that type of business kind of model that I he mean, had. You're the only. You know, you get hurt. It, it wouldn't have been work. a hard sell for me. I'd be like, are you happy getting up at two in the morning and going to fix an oil? Well, fire? I, I think his lifestyle. Well, maybe <laughs> got helped a lot by him being able to just leave the house well, that's whenever true, he wanted. True. Goddamn kids! I'm gonna go to the bar and drink. Yeah, <laughs> he had the perfect no he, job to do that. Yeah. All he had to do was say, "I got a call. service call." Service call. How many times we were almost gonna go to something major and and, oh, that, yeah. and that beeper went off? Yeah, sure it did. I called. <laughs> that's me. I'm hanging the phone up with the other hand as I'm checking the people <laughs> with this hand. Man, I would have used that beeper uh, trick all the, beep, the beeper, beeper trick, trick yeah, yeah, all the for time. For sure, I think a lot of dads did in the seventies and everything. I remember trying to raise him about actual service calls on the ham radio. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Out in the living room. I mean, that, yeah, that's a that's an old school right there. He had a CB in his car. Uh, but yeah, man, the founder. The founder was a fantastic movie. One of these great indie movies that. They just make about a subject that we're all familiar with. We need more of these, man. I would love to have uh, more kind of movies about how things started and everything. It's always a win, you know? I mean, you might, obviously, they broke even on this, but... I love history. Yeah. Anything history, and this is a major history point with McDonald's. It's familiar to every single person in the country, if not the world, uh, you know? And, I mean, a lot of what I do in my work is... If I'm talking to people that are doing something, I want to know how efficiently are you doing it. Yeah. Like, if we can get you to do it for less time, that means you're making more money yeah. per hour, which is the goal. And so I would just like, okay, well, why do you do this step? Why do you do that step? Why? Who are you? Yeah, Send these files this. to this person. Well, let's just do everything in the cloud and anybody can download anything mm-hmm. they want. So it's, 
I appreciate that. I, I call it a, being an efficiency expert. Like if if I it's would, true and that's, if that's a, a local big business part of business. Me, I could go in and say like the top. I could walk in and say, okay, this is. I've told them a million times your menu is too goddamn big. Yep. Menu's too goddamn That's big. A you can't have 50 problem. things on your menu. You could watch uh, one episode of Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. He, it's the same thing he says every restaurant he walks into. You're, you're, he said, trim your menu down. Trim your menu down to 10 items that you do really two well. Two salads, three entrees, one soup of yeah. the day, two desserts. Yeah. Make be, it great. Be great at it. People love it. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I know it's it's crazy, but some people no. Nah, I want to be adventurous and try this. Yeah, well, the okay. tops menu, it's like reading a book. Oh man, go it to, never ends. Go to like uh, I haven't been to one in years. I've only been to once once, but I hear the uh, what is it? The Cheesecake Factory is supposed to be like a book. Is it? Oh. Same with uh, Fridays. Fridays was like crazy. If you're making linguine and clams, and in the next thing you're doing a. Uh, fritter and on top of that i don't want the cook who's only i've I've never even made this dish before i made this a month ago come on man i want something you make 20 times a day and that you're nailing it that you're sleepwalking through basically because you're so that's the key to those restaurants get get what you think is the most you go to those restaurants that have books like that get the chicken parm because you know that's what half the people are ordering anyways i tried to get just do pork sliders yep that's it do you can do three different flavors and then have 10 different sauces yeah didn't want it out didn't want no, to we got to do burgers. People like burgers, and we make twice as much in burgers. That's like we would sell twice as many tacos, three times as many tacos. Because we yeah. hit, you turn around, you put toppings on it, the meat you do the night before. Yeah, it's, it's just, everyone just would listen to you, man. Yeah, I know. Just, my, my life would this be so movie much easier. Spoke a lot to me about, you know. No, I figured that's why I would want to do this one. I think this one's right up your alley too. I mean, and it's a great movie, man. And Michael Keaton nailed it. I'm glad they got Michael Keaton. I got, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of McDonald's. Yeah, I I think that I mean, they, for years they disguised themselves as being semi healthy. They're kind of got called out. They're better the at it. 10, They're better at it now. now like They're better at it now. Their, But here's where I go nuts. Since I only eat it like once a year, it burns my mouth. Oh, from the, the salt. salt. Yeah, the salt's like, crazy. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. It's like, I have to put this in my body because I'm starving right now, and this is the only thing on... I feel that way when we go to Olive Garden. But I know I make a lot I of, even eat it. I make a lot of the dishes that we eat at Olive Garden, and I make them better. I said, because they don't put all that goddamn salt in it. It's People can salt at the table, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's what yeah. people don't realize with that type of stuff. You know, you could do that after the fact, but you can't pull it away once it's cooked, but... All right, yeah, so check out The Founder, man. Great pickup for Tubi. I'm glad they have this. We're going to do some great episodes. Uh, me and Justin are going to do a wild card episode next, and that's what we'll do next, too, after uh, our next kind of meetup will be a wild card. We're going to do uh, four movies that we just want to talk about. and uh, we'll, we'll keep four each. No, four. Four each. We'll, we'll keep them uh, secret from each other. Me and Justin did, did actually reveal uh, uh, one of the ones we were going to do with each other, but... Uh, but other than that, it'll be kind of a secret, and we haven't done a wild card since we did the big uh, 250 episode, so I think it's about time to have one done. And I still plan, I, w- I would love to do one with my cousin. I think we're going to uh, start playing around with uh, doing, uh, it's not Zoom, what is it called again? It's called Riverside FM. Riverside FM is this cool kind of way you can connect and do podcast or yep. video with somebody and everything. And, and you can the invite people to watch. Yeah. To if you got your stuff, if so. you got your stuff down right where you're not making a ton of mistakes and cool. having to edit them. Yeah. So I think we're gonna practice. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do a couple podcasts with me and Eric that I can drop because we always do some really great episodes. I know I want to do the uh, Spider Baby episode with Eric. I know he he'd be thrilled to do that. The great Jack Hill uh, film from back in the day. And we're gonna do some other stuff. So there's definitely 
definitely some exciting stuff coming up. But I think me and Justin will be our next one. If you want to get a hold of us, check us out on Facebook, or you could hit us up uh, through email, films at gmail.com, or you could leave us a like or a comment on our two platforms, SoundCloud and iTunes, and we would uh, really appreciate it. So. Check out the founder. Stay tuned for next week. We're going to, like we said, we're going to do some wildcard episodes. Then we'll get back to the Tubi stuff because Tubi is killing it right now, man. It's one of my go-tos. If I don't, if I'm too lazy to put a uh, DVD into the player. <laughs> if I don't want to reach across the room. Yeah. I, it's, it's true, too. I, I watch a lot of the Tubi ones because that's how, uh, that's how simple the commercials are. They don't take you out of it. Every once in a while, they put them in a weird scene. But that, that's my only complaint with them where, where they... The, the editor who works this thing in didn't wait until the scene breaks. So when they come back from commercial, there's another three seconds of somebody talking and then the scene breaks. I said, why didn't they? That's just yeah. an editing problem that I have because I've done it before. But other than I that... I mean, I think some, with the commercials sometimes, they probably just have a formula. Yeah. Other than that, you, you're doing God's work, Tubi. We, uh, give us some money. We appreciate it. Yes. We're, we're working hard for you here, pimping you. Yes. Pimping you. We're not pimping McDonald's. We're pimping Tubi. Yeah, so. Tony McDonald's. All right. Till next week. See you. Bye. Land. That's where the money is. And more than that, control.